1: Hello and welcome back to the Don't Talk About It podcast. Hi, Rena How are you hey, doing Megan. today? Good. Welcome back, everyone. We have an exciting episode for y'all today. Yeah, and- this is a fun one that we've been wanting to do, I don't know, since forever, but especially since last season. Yeah, definitely for a while now. Yeah. We've been on the prowl. Um, and- <laughs> Just... Flirting with the topic a little bit <laughs> this week, we are talking about polyamory with two friends of the pond, <laughs> two friends of the pod, Jonathan and Nato. The pond, gonna... y'all. It's windy in LA right now, and I don't want to be a person that complains about weather on her podcast, but it is scrambling my brains. <laughs> we'll see if we can get this out. But Reyna actually met these two. So windy. At your hair salon, right? They're my hairstylist. I was looking for a new hairstylist. And then I naturally, you know, I was talking to Nato about the pod and what it was all about. And we were wanting to find if he knew anybody that was polyamorous or whatnot to recommend them, refer them if they want to come on and talk about it. And just so happens that next time I went into the salon and saw Jonathan, his boyfriend, He was like, I'm Polly. I would like to talk about it. And I'm like, what? Yeah. That was, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a fun episode. I've been really curious in, I don't know, non-monogamous relationship structures for a while. I just think it's such an interesting way to approach relationships, to think about relationships. It's not something I have personal experience with, but I find it fascinating and it was really, they were so open. They were with their stories and I feel like I learned a lot about the process of opening up a relationship and like going from closed to open. And it was just really, it's one example of one way that this can look, but I thought it was such a good story. Definitely. And they are still very much new to polyamory. So it was just like, I don't know, it was a nice introduction, and uh, and they're just such sweet people and, I don't know, amazing human beings. So I hope everyone enjoys this episode as much as we did, and their story is just a, it's a beautiful love story. So here they are. Please enjoy, and make sure to let us know what you think. If you have a story of your own open relationship or polyamorous relationship, make sure to share it with us on socials this week, and here they are. Here's Jonathan and Natto.
0: Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back.
1: Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. How are
2: you doing? Hi.
1: Hi. (laughs) We have Jonathan and Nato here with us today, and we're so excited to have both of you here. It's like a treat to have both of you. So thank you for coming on. Yes, thank thank you you so much. We have been looking forward to this topic since, honestly, probably since season one or two of the podcast. We've been wanting to find a way to talk about polyamory. And then last season, we did an episode called Cheater about cheating. And we were talking about how at one point in my life, I was in an open relationship I didn't know was open. And then we were like, it might be interesting to talk to people who find ways to to open the, the relationship ethically, lovingly. What is this polyamory thing all about? Raina and I both feel really curious about it, and so we just, we can't wait to get into it with you two, and thank you for being willing to share this really, like, beautiful part of your relationship with us and our listeners.
3: Thank you. I'm excited to get into it. Once um, Raina had told me about this opportunity, it just sounded like something that was really exciting to talk about with you guys.
1: Yeah, so I guess we will get into how it all kind of came to fruition so I met Nato first. Both well, you all are hairstylists. <laughs> I met Nato first. He did my hair, and I was talking to him about the pod, just because we were looking for guests at that time. We just got here to LA, and uh, I was just trying to like meet people too. <laughs> like, but so yeah, I was talking to Nato about this particular episode that we wanted to do, and I was like, "Do you know anybody that's Polly?" And no, uh, like, I think you can know, right? I'm pretty sure.
2: <laughs> that time, yeah. It was yeah,
1: a no. <laughs> it was a no yeah. But then it was funny because then like I then I met Jonathan. He cut my hair recently, and I was talking to him about the podcast because I'm just always trying to sell my podcast to people. <laughs> and he actually mentioned to me that that I do to him about the Polly episode that I, we wanted to do. And that's when he's like, mm, "Did you find a guest yet?" And I'm like, "No, not yet. Why?" And then. The rest his history, and that's what brought us here today. <laughs> here we are. So, yes, here we are. So, before we talk about your relationship and the story of you two together, I'd uh, love to know a little bit more about each of you as individuals. So, why don't we start? Why don't we start with Jonathan? Jonathan, why don't you share a little bit about yourself?
3: Oh, wow. That's so much. I'm so glad <laughs> if it's, if it's writing a little bio on a dating site or something. I'm like, I don't know what to put here. But yeah, I am 34 years old. I grew up in West Virginia in like the tiniest, tiny little small town. I've been in LA for about 10 years, doing hair for 15 years. And um, yeah, it's just a little small country boy that moved to the city and is just doing hair. Today is actually my 10 year anniversary. It is? I moved to LA 10 years ago today.
1: Happy anniversary. Lucky us.
3: I just forgot that until right this second. (laughs) Happy to be spending
2: that with you guys.
1: Thank you. Yes. (laughs) And Nato, how about you?
2: Uh, I am 39 years old. I'm a hairdresser. (laughs) I was born in the Bay Area. Grew up in Florida. I feel like that's going to be more controversial than this subject. Moved back to the Bay and then also ended up in LA at the end of 2020. When I moved to the Bay, I was working down here a lot. So it was kind of a natural progression. So yeah, I've been here now for almost three years.
1: Um, So then how'd y'all meet? Let's go there.
3: Oh, now
2: do you want to take that one or me? I'll start Maybe you can finish. Huh? <laughs> this is how it normally works anyways. We actually <laughs> met on Instagram through work. So like we met on social media first and then became friends when we actually met in person. This was what? Was eight years ago? Yeah, I think so. Ish. Yeah, it's been a minute. So we became really, really close. We were both always either I was down here in LA or he was in the Bay Area. So we'd always grab drink in between flights, hang out, got to know each other pretty well. And then 2020 World Run and things changed. (laughs) We were in relationships when we were friends. And then we both had little crushes on each other, apparently, the whole time. So when we were both single in 2020, that opportunity came up and we pursued it.
1: Okay. Okay. But what was your first date? Like, I want to hear the, like, who who made the move? Like, how did you realize... What was the moment you realized, I have a crush on you. I have a crush on you, too. Like, let's kiss. What happened? How did it go?
3: God. Um, do we want the PG-rated version of that story
2: or the no. real
1: one? No, baby. This is explicit content here. Okay. <laughs> like, <"Do> whatever <laughs> you're comfortable <laughs> with, Sherry.
2: Go take a shot, babe.
3: Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, we'll just put it out there. Fuck it. Nato and I, Nato was very hard to read just going back to when we were friends and when we'd go out for drinks, like he had this thing where he couldn't make eye contact with me. And I thought he, it was like a tick or something. Like I thought it was just this nervous something that he couldn't make eye contact with me. I was like, he's hyperactive or something. And (laughs) so like it, because of us being in separate relationships, like I couldn't really get a good read on him. And I couldn't tell if he was like, flirting with me because he would be saying something kind of flirty but like looking in the other direction and just it's very hard to read so um one day he was in town before covid I think this is probably 2019 right
2: i think it was 2020 it was
3: 2020 oh it was beginning of 2020 but okay before the world shut down though Almost he was in town for work and we had gone out for drinks with a couple of friends and my boyfriend at the time was there as well Yeah, one thing led to another, and we had a few drinks too many. And then Nato ended up coming home with my boyfriend at the time and I. And that was our first little tryst where I was like, oh, maybe he does think I'm cute because he came home with us. But it was so funny because after that, it was very like, we didn't really talk about it after that happened because we were both still in our separate relationships at that time. And like, we just were like, oh, maybe that just didn't happen. And things got a little bit more awkward for a second. And then, I guess you yeah. could consider that the moment where one of us made the first move, whichever one of us that was.
1: Sure, that's <laughs> I think it was me. me. I Ooh. think it was you,
3: if I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah, like you get so in West Hollywood. Good lord. That'll do it to you.
2: Yeah, that's like triple four. <laughs> that was
1: fun, honestly. But that kind of gets into our next Of course, we want to keep learning about you two as a couple and like how you relate to each other. But we were curious if either of you had tried on polyamory before. And I think that we may even want to define like what that means to you because there's so many different things that being polyamorous can mean, having an open relationship, it can look a lot of different ways. But it sounds like you were like, in relationships that were at least somewhat open, like the first night that you were with each other which is cool sounds super fun am but I'm curious like how does that evolve into your relationship as like partners and then how do you how have you navigated those kinds of questions to get to the point you're at now
2: I'm gonna give a little backstory because yeah. you made me laugh earlier <laughs> so I was apparently in an open relationship uh-huh. I'm so sorry. I don't know how far that went and I don't actually really care. But when that situation, our first encounter happened, I was like on a breakup break. Fair so that wasn't yeah. like really, that wasn't discussed on the other side of it. So yeah, it was interesting. And I've actually heard other people say that too, where they're like, yeah, my boyfriend thought that her girlfriend or whatever partner was in an open relationship and I just wasn't part of that. So been there. So this was different because I encountered obviously a couple that was in that moment open. So I was like, oh, maybe this is like something I would be interested in if I'm actually a part of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's so interesting, right?
1: How I don't want to derail from y'all's story, but I so connect to that. Because like, when I think about it, now, I'm like, I might have been open-minded if any, if it had been discussed with me. There's just that thing around what are we, what do we consent to and what feels right? I'm sorry that happened to you.
2: Being cheated oh, on as the worst. Not a surprise. <laughs> I, <lack laughs> it. Like, I, wasn't, I actually wasn't upset about it, actually. It was just part of the process.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. interesting, too, I think, because people, uh, like you said, Megan, that if you, like, maybe you would have consented to it had you been, had the communication been there around it, right? Had you, like, had the opportunity been presented to you without you finding out about it? However, much later, right? Like, communication is the whole thing.
1: So did you guys
3: start open? No, actually. So the context in my last relationship when I met Nato, was like towards the end of that relationship, that partner and I had become open in a way where it would be like, okay, we can invite like a third sexual partner in, but it was never like a separate thing. I wouldn't be with someone without him and vice versa. And then there was never any emotional thing attached to it. It was just physical. At that point, and I think in hindsight, we were doing that because we knew the relationship wasn't working. And we were just like, let's throw this into the mix and see if this will, like, spice things up when there was X, Y, and Z that were just wrong to begin with. So we kind of used it as a distraction more than anything. And then when Nato and I started dating and he moved down to L.A., um, I think we were exclusive. We were monogamous for how
2: long was it, babe? Six months, maybe? Yeah. I think, I mean... For having known each other for so long, obviously we had some catching up to do. Yeah. <laughs> so that wasn't—I had thought about it prior to actually like getting into the relationship, but obviously, like, I didn't really express my interest that whole time. And I was, and we had grown close and talked about a lot of things that were much more personal than most friends in relationships would talk about, pertaining to our partners, like problems kind of (laughs) commiserating together so it was just one of those things where I was like it wasn't a no it just wasn't on my mind at that point but I think we were also in a situation where like we were both very openly uh, like sexual or like flirty not sexual necessarily but flirty with other people and not in a way that was like meant to be malicious to each other, but that's just our personalities. So I think one day it just clicked in my head, and I was like, "What do you think about this?" And it was over tequila and soda. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> it was a theme, <laughs> and it's the theme. We we communicate a lot through tequila, but it's cool because again, we've had a friendship, and that that kind of communication, you know, I've heard in my last relationships, like you don't know, talk to me when I've said things or had a question, and then been shut down. So we've always had a very open communication regardless of this part of our relationship, it's just always been there. And that made it pretty easy to transition into that. And even that was like, we had the rules. It wasn't, it was a, for me, it was my first time in an fr- open relationship. So I was like, not comfortable with everything, kind of like putting my toe in the water for this situation or that situation. And I think we were just both really patient with our reactions two things, which kind of led into this next chapter that we're in now.
1: So did it start out like, like more of like having different sexual partners or were you seeking relationships with other people? Like, how did you, how did that whole thing evolve? And cause I know there's different types of polyamory or polyamorous relationships. That's what was
3: interesting was, like I said, in my previous relationship, it was like one form of open where it's open, to other people, if we're together while we're in that same in that same moment together, and then when Nato and I first had the discussion of opening up the relationship, there were also things that were kind of baked into it because we were both traveling a lot as well for work separately, and we're kind of like, you know, what if we're just like out of town and meet somebody, and is that off limits, and this and that, and it just turned into more just like other sexual experiences separately and together. And being open to that. And it's really funny because in the beginning we were like the one strict boundary really was like no dates, like nothing emotional, no dates, just like quick little like physical thing if you need it or want it. But like emotional boundaries where we drew that line in the beginning. And that was about two and a half years
2: ago, I think. Yeah. And then the traveling less, I don't think the traveling, yeah, the traveling did lessen for both of us at one point. Mm -hmm. And then we had the conversation of like, well, if I'm, I feel like going on Wednesday night and hanging out with someone, can I? And yes, the answer was yes. But like more in person, if we were together, like I'll see you in a little bit. So it just became more, it's not like frequent, but it would just be more local. And a lot of the times too, like we've actually made friends because I'm still newer here. So I have my work friends who I love. I have my clients who I've been making friends with. But at the end of the day, like, I don't really have any people that I've met on my own. So there's been a few people that have been really cool that, like, we hang out with or I'll hang out with that's not even sexual. It's just, let's go get a drink. Let's go get happy hour whatever. I sound like an alcoholic, huh? grip like, <laughs> on, like, what was acceptable just has loosened and just been become more organic. So... It's funny, and I think Raina will appreciate this because she's met us in person before, and she knows how I am. But we were on a trip, and he was like, I'm going to let you tell us it. I'm going to let you take, tell your part, and then I will tell them my answer.
3: <laughs> okay, so we were in Mexico last year. This is the trip you're talking about, right? The conversation? Yeah. Uh huh. So we're in Mexico City at a bar, because of course... And it was, I think, one of our last nights there. And I had been chatting with this guy and texting this guy that had never met. We met, I think we connected on Hinge or something. And then he was out of town on tour somewhere. And then I was out of town. So we never actually met in person, but we were chatting like more frequently than I would normally chat with like somebody they I meet on an app that I would usually just hook up with and whatever. And in my head, I'm just like, I think I have a little crush on this guy, but I don't know if I. I don't know how Nato would react to that. I was really nervous about it. So we're sitting at this bar and we're having drinks. And eventually I'm just like, I think I just word vomited. Like, what if I feel like polyamorous? What if there are like emotions involved with other people? Would that be something that you're like open to? I was really nervous. I think I said it in like the most sheepish way, probably. So that hit Nato and Nato, you take it away. What was your reaction?
2: My, (laughs) For reference, I just also have verbal diarrhea most of the time. And Jonathan will tell you this kind of reaction usually leads to just me, like, thinking about it. And then I'm like, oh, you're right. But anyways, I immediately said no as I put my drink down. And I'm funny. So I was like, you barely love me. How can you love someone else? <laughs> Not true. He loves me very much. And I love him very much. But that's, like, my dark, sharp, like just spouted out reaction. Right. And then I sat on it for a minute and I thought about it. And I was like, we had been talking about dates and stuff. And I'm like, if you're going to go just not just hook up and actually have a drink. or maybe go to dinner or something that doesn't involve sex. Then that's a date. And even if it is just sex, it's still a date. And he was like, I don't like that word. I don't like that word. It's not, we're not doing that. There's no connection. It's just fun. I'm like it's not, so that was my, that was my takeaway. Like I was already saying it wasn't a big deal, but just the way that we were communicating it to each other was a little bit different. Yeah. So yeah, that led into, it was actually like catty onto a trip that I had taken pre-Mexico and met a very handsome fellow that I connected with. And he asked if he could come visit. And I was like, yeah, sure. Let me just check in with Jonathan and I went back home, brought it up like casually, and he was like, Yeah, if you think he's cool, if you want him to visit, whatever. And he booked a trip for three days in December and stayed three weeks. And <laughs> we decided that this works really well for us. Okay. So we're actually pretty new to the actual polyamory aspect of this conversation. I think everything just happened really organically and just feels good.
1: Yeah, well, that, that's that, good. <laughs> that brought up <laughs> you know? okay. That brought up so many questions that, like, things I've been dying to ask folks that are fig- in the process of figuring this out. as a therapist, I work with polyamorous clients and like relationship clients that are into like relationship anarchy all the time. But I don't get to ask them questions in this way. So I'm like so excited, and I love actually that you're at the beginning of figuring this journey out together. And communicating with each other in this way about it. But it made me wonder, like, how do you handle jealousy and reassure reassure each other through it? I think that there can be this assumption that people that are polyamorous, like, just don't feel jealous, which, like, that's not true. It's an emotion. It's a normal human emotion. Mm. But how do you care? Like, how do you care for each other through those moments of you love me or how do you care for each other before one of you goes on a date or spends time with another person? How do you care for each other after? I'm so curious about that part of the dynamic, just like navigating the difficult parts of it in a way that's nurturing to each Mm -hmm. other in this structure.
3: Yeah. Nada, what do you think you want to start there? Start with that one.
2: I think that kind of stuff, I don't think it happens often. I think, Over the timeline of our relationship, I think there were things that we both felt and maybe it was jealousy in the beginning or just like uncomfortable being comfortable doing what we're doing, if that makes sense. Like within each other, we were great. But then if we met someone and they were doing something that one of us didn't like, then that was more of the issue. So leading up to this, I think, again, my reaction to this whole conversation was no, but we've known each other for so long that he knows that, that was probably going to be my answer. And he didn't take it. He took it with a grain of salt too. Like he put it out there. I put out my initial thoughts. And then we circled back once I process everything, which is typical. Like we don't really argue about anything. And if there's a question about something, then I usually have verbal diarrhea as well and just bring it up and want to squash it pretty immediately. So I don't know. I don't, Feel jealous? I'll get like a little like itch sometimes, but that was like months ago. Was the last time I really felt like that. Do you know what I mean? This particular guy that he was talking about, I was like, "How's your boyfriend? How's your boyfriend doing?" Because he would be texting him, and he's like, "Not my boyfriend." (laughs) Oh, humor. We deal with each. I deal with it with humor because I know like how I am. So like I will also stop and think about it before I say something, Mm -hmm. but. Usually it's, there's not enough reaction time for me to give him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think that
3: um, in the beginning, especially like when it was just this kind of structure before we're even discussing polyamory, I think with this type of structure in the relationship being open, you don't know how something's going to feel until it happens. Right. So like you don't really know what those certain little triggers are going to be or what causes them until that dynamic has already happened. So what I thought was really important was, and I don't know that we handled this. I think we handled it pretty well, but I mean, there were moments of like reaction on both of our sides. If something happened that maybe hurt one of us in a way, or just like started those feelings of jealousy. And it was really just kind of reinforcing the communication behind it of just talking it out, talking about why that might've felt that way. And is it, is it something that like we're doing wrong or is it something with that particular person or is something like, I don't ever want anyone to feel threatened, right? That's the biggest Kind of take away from me, even just with the physical stuff. Like, I just didn't want, didn't want it to take away from the relationship. I wanted it to like enhance it and open it, and just make sure that we all felt open and free to do whatever it is we wanted to do within those within that structure that we created. If that makes sense, I don't know if I danced around that or.
1: Uh, makes perfect sense. I mean, I think you two are again figuring things out along the way, what works for you and what doesn't work for you, and learning how to communicate with each other. Because like. Just one-on-one relationships are hard communicating, you know, and then you bring other people in the mix. Once you have that emotional connection with somebody else, is it like, how does that feel for either one of you? If you've seen your partner, like really liking somebody else, how does that feel?
3: For me, it's interesting because I celebrate it now because I think as opposed to like in the dynamic of a monogamous relationship, right, it's built around this idea of I'm going to find my one person and my only person forever. And I think between the two of us, we just decided this seems a little silly. Like I (laughs) think that that limitation wasn't something that we really wanted and it doesn't make one person or one part of the relationship less than something else. It's just, you can fill all sorts of different like needs, wants, desires, or just like nurture multiple different kinds of relationships individually and together. And I think what so many people think is gonna be the the downside of polyamory or opening up a relationship. If the communication is there, I think it can be really great and liberating and you are not feeling like you're not talking about desires. Cause I feel like I've seen so many relationships where couples have stayed together for a long time and just felt shame around expressing what it is that they want, typically sexually, if not maybe adding a another partner relationship wise and nurturing the emotional component of that too.
1: Absolutely. Now that's like that's like the two sides of the coin, right? Like you could be either jealous and you don't like that the fact that they're liking somebody else, or you could yes yeah, celebrate it and like I love that my partner is happy in this experiencing different experiences with another person, and because the communication between you two is so strong that you feel open enough and transparent enough to share those things about yourself. Which yeah, you're right. Like a lot of people don't do in a couple, and that's why a lot of people cheat and it's kind of
3: fucked up. Yeah, it's funny, like, what, even just, like, strictly speaking about, like, sexual intimacy, it can, it has so much force and power behind it that it can either blow something up, right, like, you can either completely destroy lives, or it can be, if there's communication around it, and depending on how you approach it, it can be really beautiful and really enhance lives in a lot of way, I think, and I think it's, I think it's also very subjective, it just depends on who you are and what you want, and I think when I talk about When we've talked about this relationship before or this dynamic, the immediate response I get from some people is just, I could never do that. And I'm like, Dad, I wasn't asking you to. I'm not like, (laughs) like, we're not recruiting anyone. And I'm not trying to convince anyone that it's the right way. You know what I mean? It just happens to work for us.
1: Absolutely. I think, first of all, I think it's really beautiful for you two to be able to like, Love each other in this way. So much about sex and relationships. I think we have the opportunity to learn about ourselves through them. So there's the chance to learn about and know each other more deeply through this process. And then also the chance to like know yourselves each individually more deeply, which I just think is very cool. But we did want to ask about whether you've encountered any like stigma or shaming or even just like hand offhanded, handed, oh, I could never. I love that response. Like, I wasn't, I'm not asking you to actually, wasn't inviting you. In some ways, it feels polyamory is becoming more talked about, more accepted in some communities, in some circles. On the other hand, it's something that, like, still is maybe shamed or seen as fallacious versus, like, meaningful. And I wonder if you could just speak to, if you've encountered that, how you deal with it, what you want people, the shamers to know kind of push back on that, like Puritan mindset about it.
3: I think not. Do you mind if I start? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: I think that I, it's funny being in like our little Los Angeles, West Hollywood bubble, because I feel like all of our friends, when we introduced this idea to them, being open was one thing. And then when we, evolved into polyamory third person who is now our partner that we met over christmas that came down to stay for three days and ended up here for three weeks we introduced him almost immediately to our friends and the way that was just accepted was just like cool awesome let's let's talk about you (laughs) let's get to know this (laughs) but i think that's such a unique experience because i know in a lot most other places that would not be the same or the same reception to that especially where i grew up in West Virginia certainly would not be a thing, but I haven't really come across as much like shaming kind of behavior as I have more just like anything else. You don't know about a certain subject, don't really have any details or real life experience with it or with a person that's living that just a lot of questions and a lot of like snap reactions. Like I just said, Oh my God, I could never. Or the one question I get a lot when I'm sharing this is what would you do if he finds another person and falls in love and leaves you? I think that's a real fear. And my mindset about it, I thought about it for a while. And my the thing that kind of kept coming up to me was just like, that's going to happen regardless if that's going to happen, right? If you're the type of person that is going to fall in love with somebody else and just really want to be exclusive with them and run away, like that's going to happen whether we're open, polyamorous or monogamous, right? Eventually that, that desire is not going to stay internal forever and it's going to manifest itself in one way or another. And until that, Happens, we're just, we keep coming back to each other. Yeah, that's just the idea that I like to share with people is just if someone, if anyone's going to leave the relationship, they're going to leave whether we're monogamous or not. They're eventually going to become unhappy and decide somebody else is better for them. So I don't really see it as a fear anymore. That's
1: yeah, beautiful. Right just keep coming back yeah. to each other. Nato, what about you? Like, how do you answer that? How do you respond to that? Oh,
2: I could never i mean <clears throat> let's be honest if we met a couple prior to being together <laughs> just as even like being open we both probably would have the same reaction because the, like, mm-hmm. the only depiction that we ever had of it was comical right but like, it's never been really talked about by a lot of people and like the interactions we've seen are like it's always like someone finds out it's in the news whatever some deal list celebrity and then you're like that's like representing the rest of us or whatever so i think leading up to anyone that has questions again i'm at work a lot and (laughs) we're all friends so when they do have questions it's usually it's not reactive negatively they're just like honest true who does this or how do you deal with that or blah, blah 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 like Sometimes we'll be sitting in the back room and we'll get grilled by one of our friends. And I actually honestly love it because the more I talk about it with her and we're open about it, the less stigma we have about it. I'm not calling my mom right now. I'm being like, Hey, can't wait for you to come for Thanksgiving and do all the, I don't think they're prepared for that yet, but is it going to hurt them? No, but it's that kind of mentality where I wasn't prepared for it until it happened. And now I'm like, yeah, still learning. And then prior to that, going back to what Jonathan said, like, That kind of mentality is very juvenile to me now, like that thought process, but I've also never had a partner that's been so communicative with me in a positive way. We actually talk things out. When we go out separately, we check in with each other afterwards, let each other know when we're coming home. Like our biggest concern mostly is safety, Um, which was also like really funny when he would be out of town at the beginning, he'd be like, are you home? Are you safe? what's going on? Don't want the dog too late. And I'm like, I know, I know you've lived here longer, but <laughs> I grew up in like a small town. <laughs> so it's all been organic. I haven't had anyone be, it's not a conversation I have with everyone. A lot of the times, like I, the way that I work is I have to get to know your hair and then I'll get to know you the next time and come back or with someone like Raina, like we just hit it off and like I was able to work and I was a little bit slower, but um <laughs> then those things we kind of come naturally <laughs> i'm like oh, yeah like she's another champagne and i'm like yeah drink for me and i'm doing all this crazy color whatever it's not a conversation that i normally have it was funny because she was in the other day and his client they he said we sit like diagonally from each other she was like what's that what are you going to be on and she had that kind of reaction but she was being honest i don't find negativity in that like if that's how you feel the time doesn't mean that you're any less than me or or I'm less than you.
1: Right. I suspect a lot of those questions are coming from people trying to work out in their heads how it would work for them. Because while monogamy is still the default, and that's fine. Like, it's okay to want monogamy just as much as it's okay not to. I suspect there's a lot of people trying to work out whether they want to or can stay monogamous for their entire rest of their lives. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those, if a lot of those, like, how do you do it? I'm going to, I need to grill you in the break room. It's because they're trying to figure out like how maybe could I handle that? Could I do that? What is, how do I stay safe physically and emotionally? How do I communicate? It's just a hunch I have based on combos I have with clients based on I don't know. Maybe I'm just on a weird side of the TikTok algorithm. (laughs) I think a lot of people are curious about how to make this work.
3: I think you're right. I think so too. I think when, especially when our friends that we work with discuss it in the back, we have one friend in particular who was just like, wait, 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 wait. It just like sat us down and every single question that came to mind, she was like, I can see her wheels turning and her applying it to her own relationship or relationships that she's had she didn't verbalize it that way but it always comes down to oh that sounds like an interesting idea or oh i could never do that and i think that's really can be indicative of again not everybody is going to open up their relationship or become polyamorous or want to or need to it's i don't think there's a one-size-fits-all anything but i think it is indicative when someone reacts a certain way like i think it'd be interesting if they reflected on that reaction and what that says about them in terms of okay what are you really afraid of are you insecure or that your partner is like emotionally not as invested as you are or are you physically insecure that if your partner has another sexual partner that they're going to find them more attractive there's so many things that it forces you to confront if you're conscious of it and i can see that not working for a lot of people but for me that's in the beauty of it because it does force us to come to terms with those like wants needs desires and also what fundamentally where is that coming from what are we doing this for and what's it what would be the reason preventing us from doing it? Is that healthy or unhealthy?
1: I think it's great that you guys are in a community that is really accepting and open to your relationship and you haven't had to have to deal with so much shame and so much stigma. There, There may be listeners on here that it's not the same for them. And I mean, there probably is. And I was reading some statistics, like one in four, Couples are in non-monogamous relationships, but they don't talk about it because of the shame and the stigma attached to it. But I think what you're doing right now by talking about this, because I didn't know, I mean, I think that's a pretty large amount of people, but there's also a lot of people that aren't openly sharing their lives with people because they feel ashamed of it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I had no idea it was one in four either, but it sounds accurate. And I think if you think about the way, just like so many other things, I think about the way that it's been represented us in like movies or TV shows or media in general, right? It's just going back to the movies where like the couple that's maybe sexually open, they're like swingers and they're creepy and they're like predatory on an involuntary third person who's freaked out at the Christmas party or whatever. Um, There's not really like a touchstone that most people have where like any of that's normalized or even a thing that isn't just outlandish, like a crazy alternative lifestyle that's for just sexually promiscuous people. And that's it.
1: Yeah, sorry, it's one in five, but still a lot.
3: One in five is still <laughs> a lot. Twenty
1: percent. Twenty percent. Twenty percent. I think another like misconception about it is it's wrapped into polygamy. And mm-hmm. like polygamy has, you know, a negative tone to it because it's usually one man with a bunch of women. So I think people get the term confused as well.
3: Yeah, so too. <laughs> that's like Talking about lack of consent a lot of the time too, right? Like the one man yeah. on a ranch with twenty wives. Like those women probably do not want to be. They probably didn't. Yeah, come up for that.
1: Yeah, sister wives. Mm-hmm. The show. Yeah, it's <laughs> like watching the, <laughs> the sisters' <laughs> wives are collapsing. I think one of them's it. It's a because that. It, it, I actually remember. God, this was like. 11 years ago now, a person who I used to be very close to, uh, they and their partner had a third person join the relationship, and all the jokes were like sister wives, blah, blah. It's like very, a very uninformed take on um, two completely different relationships. Right.
2: 100
1: This was back in like 2011 or 2012, like nobody, in my circle at that time understood anything about this kind of relationship structure. But when I think about it now, it's like, Oh no, what they were doing and their relationship is completely different than like whatever Cody and his four wives are doing on their compounded flag, flag. <laughs> it's, one, it's one person with multiple partners, but they're not partners not with each other. Partners yeah, exactly. And other
3: feel different.
1: <laughs> Very like command yeah. and control. Yeah,
3: exactly. As opposed to however many consensual partners having relationships mm-hmm. with each other. Yeah.
1: Which leads me to, so what advice would you give us to other adults who might be curious about opening up their relationships or who are already open? and seeking advice?
3: I think for me, it's almost hard because again, we like, we're fortunate enough to be in an environment where it's a lot less of a big shocking deal than it would be for a lot of other people. So we're extremely grateful for that. But I think about that too, if I were in another place where maybe I was in a circle that would be less accepting, I don't know how I would have really if I would have really even pursued it or if it would have just been a thing that was like a blip in the back of my brain that I just never really addressed or... I don't know. I, it's really something that... You could, it's almost like coming out again, I think, right? Because I already had to come out as gay. <laughs> and then it would almost have to be like coming out again. I'm gay. And there's this other thing about me that you are could potentially judge or could skew your perception of me or just change your opinion of me somehow. And at the end of the day, it's... do. It, I'm just a big advocate of living your fullest, truest self in the safest way, right? So in a way that's not going to endanger you or isn't going to like harmfully impact your life. It's really, I think, super important to find a, if it's possible, find a group of people that are accepting, willing to have conversations about it and also use the internet as a resource. There's just so many tools and so many communities online now. and podcasts too where you can learn about these things and meet people online that kind of have that similar similar lifestyle or at least open enough to become a support system and maybe guide each other through that depending on where you are nada what about you
2: i think it's one of those things where like especially let's go back to our story of where we're at now but if you want to say hi Oh yes. For number three is on the
3: couch over
2: here. It's like we had a really good interaction. <laughs> I love it when we first met. And I didn't really think anything of it because I wasn't I was visiting for work. I didn't know if he was really serious about going to visit. I just knew that I did like the interaction. We hung out for a good minute and then the invitations were extended to each other to come visit. And then when he did come visit, it was so funny because they hit it off so well, so quickly, which I knew they would, but there was like no intention of starting a relationship or even, it wasn't even sexually based for him to come down. I was like, this guy's really cool. He should come hang out and you can have a new friend in San Francisco. And then obviously the third day I was literally doing his hair. It was right before Christmas and I looked down at him and I was like, what are you doing for Christmas? He's like, oh, I'm just going to whatever. And I was like, whatever. Like, you're not really doing much. And he was like, no. His like, voice is much cheaper than mine, by the way. Oh, so like a <laughs> uh, and I was like, so you want to stay? And he was like, yeah. And we pulled up because we were supposed to take him to the airport and pick up Jonathan on the way and picked up Jonathan. And I rolled down the window and I could see it in his face and I was like, he's saying, and he was like, yeah, I thought so. And it was just like super organic. And one week passed, another week passed, the flights changed. And we just all looked at each other and were like, all right, we're doing this. It wasn't even like a whole conversation. It was just the interactions that we had that were just so organic. Like it just felt right. And I had met pre polyamory conversation to begin with and I hadn't messaged it to him either and it just happened so I would say if you're interested or you have questions again reaching out to the internet for or podcasts obviously and just like studying or like if you're interested in one part of it or another just ask like we're in no way right about our path or wrong either which is how it happened for us and I don't think it would normally be that easy, but Jonathan and I in particular have a long relationship before getting into a romantic relationship. So I think that is really helpful. So like you, your friend or your partner has to be your actual friend. This can't be something where it's like fleeting or you're trying to save something. Cause I never, even now with Morgan in the picture, I don't feel left out. I don't feel less than, I don't feel like he's, Oh my God, I can't wait till Nato leaves and like just hang out with you you know what i mean those are juvenile not wrong inter- interpretations of the situation but it could happen if you're needed with it and you're not open to questioning each other or checking in it just it happened organically for us so it's hard for me to say what you should or shouldn't do <laughs>
1: of course no of course i think the big takeaway here is have a partner that mm-hmm. you can be open with in all aspects with your desires with What you want to do, what you want to try, what you're curious about is having that conversation with your partner. You have to know, what do you want? What do you want? What do you really want? That's what it comes down to. And can I be supported by my partner? And if that one is greater than the other or vice versa, that's, that'll tell you where your relationship is going.
3: That's yeah. You just nailed it. Right. I think, are you even open if it's something that you want or even just want to discuss, even just talk about, even if it's something that never comes to the table or comes to fruition, if you feel the inability to even have that conversation to begin with, just as an idea, I think that's something to think about in terms of how open the communication really is with your partner. Yeah.
1: yeah. Cause I think Megan said, you learn a lot about yourself through this and you learn about your partner through this and how you guys are together and learning about how that works and doesn't work and things like that. I think your story is beautiful and I just appreciate y'all being so open with it and sharing it with us. I think there's a lot of people that have an idea and you're right. Like it's like this, what we see in the movies or whatever, it's all like, Oh, it's a whole sex fact, but it's it's more (laughs) than that. you know.
2: It's so much more than that.
1: Emotional connection with and connecting with people. Exactly. Having Mm -hmm. relationships.
3: And if you want it to be a sex fest, it can be a sex fest too. There's also nothing wrong with that. If that's not? what you want. There's but
1: nothing I wrong with that, that either. Yeah,
3: but That's the beauty of it. But yeah, it can be fulfilling on so many more emotional levels too. And just so beneficial communication wise But yeah, I wish it wasn't represented in such a just specifically salacious kind of way. Cause there is a lot more to it than that.
1: Yeah. I wish that the like emory part, like that the love part was emphasized and the like, how beautiful it is to be able to care for and be cared for by people. And that is such a gift. And we just, we do something to cheapen love when we make it like just like a fuck fest, even though that is super fun, can be great, like amazing. And there's so much, there's so much more available if you want it, if you can find ways to communicate and find it. And I just think that's really beautiful in your story.
3: Thank you. And yeah, I agree. I think it can be such a beautiful, fulfilling thing if you're like genuinely surrounded by love from multiple people. I don't know. It just sounds like it sounds ideal for me, but that's me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, now that we're kind of winding down on the episode, is there anything that you want our listeners to really know about you, your story, you as an individual, you as a couple, whatever you really want to to kind of communicate with our guests that you've done so much already, but <laughs> is there anything like that you want to share that we missed?
3: I don't know. I think, I think we're just pretty, pretty new to this chapter of it. And I even within that short amount of time, we've done like a lot of the footwork that goes into it in terms of communicating a certain way and like really being open to that and just like the honesty surrounding it yeah, I think there's probably a ton that we've missed just because we haven't experienced it yet. There's so many things that you just don't know how you're going to react until you encounter it. And when you add one or more additional people to a relationship dynamic, there's just so many things that you don't have, again, don't have a touch point to refer to because you're like, wow, I barely know how to handle this when it's between a couple, let alone a third person in here, and there's just a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of personality <laughs> and emotion involved. So yeah, we're still learning. I think we still need, we still need someone to guide us.
1: Ado, is there anything that you want um, to leave our listeners with? I know you guys are learning through all of this, and that's why it's like such an amazing time. I don't know. This is like a snapshot into your guys' lives. So thank you for that.
2: I just think, again, the communication and trust has to be there. Even more important, the friendship has to be there, because I think that's what protects either partner or partners from hurting one another when there is a question or there is an issue because not everything's going to be perfect. It's not. This isn't fucking Disneyland. It's okay to have feelings, positive or negative, if you're pursuing this kind of relationship, but the communication is where you're going to really thrive and build other relationships. That's even like regular non-sexual or amorous friendships mm-hmm. gotta talk you gotta work it out be together um, you Gotta
1: talk about it you gotta talk about it yeah
2: sure. I, agree. I think
3: that kind of trickles into it doesn't expand into the other relationships in your life right not said with your friendships even you have to get in the habit of becoming so clear with your communication with your partner or partners that changes the other relationships in your life too because i know for me at least it's made me more clear with like boundaries with friendships and things like that too. And things that maybe I was just like kind of brushing under the rug for lack of a better term. Like it's really made me just be conscious of my communication with other people. And it's maybe eliminated some people from my life because I'm just like, you know what? I need, it seems to be clear and cut. Like I'm used to communicating, communicating this way with the people that I love. And if you're a friend, you're someone I love, and I'm just going to have to do this. And it's funny how it has affected my communication style with other people. Is the, the long winded way of saying that.
1: I bet. (gasps) Yeah. Putting up your boundaries and learning what you need and to take care of yourself and what feels good. Exactly. Yay. Thank you guys so much for coming on here. This has been so fun. I've learned learned a lot. Yeah. Thank you for sharing so much of what you've learned and what you're learning. Very last question. Where can people find you? Do you have anything you want to promote? Or would you prefer people don't find you? (laughs) You can (laughs) promote your work if you want to, but we always like to make space for people to say, hey, I do this thing. Here's where you can find me if you want to. So anything you want to put out there for folks.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Easiest place to find me would be Instagram at Neon Gods, N-E-O-N-G-O-D-S. You can find photos of the dogs, photos of the hair that I do, photos of just like vacations we take, photos of us together. And yeah, I would actually even be open to anyone that maybe here's this that's in a space where they're kind of questioning or just kind of entertaining this this line of thought or maybe thinks this might be for them like I would even though again I'm not an expert on anything I could be a sounding board for somebody else to talk to for sure to reach out and I'd love to help any way I can Very cool.
2: you can also find me on Instagram my name is a lot more annoying so I'll spell it out but you can just also find me on Jonathan's page. It's R-E underscore N-A-T-O underscore V, as in Victor. Yeah, same kind of situation. You'll see a little glimpse of personal life, work, and lots of dogs.
1: You two are a beautiful couple. You are beautiful people. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us and with our listeners. Listeners, you know where you can find us. But just in case you don't, Reina, what's our Instagram. Oh, it's sh- underscore. Don't talk about it. pond That's sh- with three H's. Or you can email us if you have any questions. If you want to come on the show, if you want to talk about it, at Megan, where can they email us at? You can email us at info at sh- talk dot com. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank
3: you guys.